Welcome to the Multi-Orgasmic Mama podcast where sexy motherhood taboos are broken. I'm Tilly Storm, holistic sex and jade egg coach and tantric sex teacher, all around pleasure and prosperity advocate and mama of two. If you are looking to get the spark back in your sex life and relationship, if you'd like to revive desire and feel sexy again without hormones, years of therapy, or trying things that don't feel authentic in the bedroom, then download my free Ignite Your Desire e-guide at www www.tillystorm.com forward slash e-guide. This episode is brought to you by the Centrally Embodied Woman Collective. If you're ready to remove all your blocks to pleasure, turn on and feeling confident and sexy in your body through my paid programs and offerings, then head to www.tillystorm.com today. Hey there, hot mamas. It is Tilly here. And today I'm bringing on my colleague and my personal love coach, Claudia Lucida, uh, where we're going to be discussing this very much hot button issue that, well, no one else I have seen is talking about it because they're too afraid to talk about it. And why? Uh, well, that's because we are living in a time of cancel culture. <laughs> we're living in a time where people are not speaking up because they are afraid of being deplatformed, being shut down, being silenced uh, by the far radical left progressive uh, community. And we're not having conversations that we need to be having because people are afraid to say anything these days that doesn't go along with that narrative. Well, I am not one of them. Actually, I have been one of them but I'm not going to be one of them anymore. <laughs> so here is my coming out episode on being and having a different viewpoint than what the general narrative is going on, going on in the world right now. Um, after getting kind of ill in December for a little while, um, I realized that I had gotten ill because actually I wasn't sharing my truth. I wasn't speaking up um, about what I really believed in. I wasn't sharing my deepest truth with people. Uh, that And I realized that I'm not in the business of making anyone like me either. Uh, I'm not here to make you happy. I'm not here to cater to whatever I think you want to hear. I am here to share my truth and to be a uh, gentle storm that rolls through people's lives, which is why my last name is Storm, because I'm here to shake up the narrative and to break the taboos and to help people have the conversations that we're not having or that we don't want to have because it's uncomfortable. And I'm here to help women become sexually liberated and financially free. And part of my truth is what Claudia and I are going to be discussing today around the topic of masculine and feminine polarities and how the far left activist push to neutralize polarity in relationships is affecting our ability to form and maintain healthy, loving relationships over the long haul. And I don't care if you are lesbian, gay, trans, whatever the fuck you want to call yourself, polarity is important no matter what kind of relationship you form. So before you dive into today's interview, uh, please note that we have done, both Claudia and I have done our due diligence of research. Uh, we understand the wounds of oppression and how detrimental they have been on people. Uh, we've also read all of the books and we have done the trauma trainings and I get the downfalls of patriarchy and how it has been detrimental for people uh, to be assumed certain gender roles that don't really fit who they are. Uh, we understand these things. We come across these things in our work every single day. We acknowledge that toxic masculinity does exist. And I also love to work with my lesbian and bisexual clients, helping them find liberation in their sex lives and relationships just as much, if not more sometimes than straight women. Uh, so Claudia and I have both considered ourselves progressive for most of our lives. And, and we have both had a sort of awakening um, in 2020 around woke culture and how it's showing up in our clients' lives in a way that's not serving them. And after working as coaches for three years now, uh, we are opening up this conversation that no one wants to have. And we're sharing with you about our views on the lack of polarity that's really happening in relationships and how it's actually affecting human relationships and our ability to form them and find love and our ability to maintain them and find happiness. So before you go calling uh, this topic itself or me, 
homophobic, transphobic, or whatever the fuck else, you know, you want to call me, (laughs) uh, just know that we are um, opening up the conversation and I'm not going to tolerate any kind of bullying behavior or cancel culture bullshit on any of my social media channels. It's happened before. Um, and I'm not going to put up with it. So (laughs) if we can't have an honest adult-like conversation with each other about things that really matter, then what do we have? Well, we don't have anything. So here is a, Uh, the beginning of a conversation that I hope can be an open conversation and an adult-like conversation without name-calling like five-year-olds. So without further ado, here is Claudia and I. Claudia Lucida is here with us today. Claudia is a wife and mentor to alpha women seeking extraordinary polarized partnerships. Mm. Trained in multiple modalities, she's helped hundreds of women embody their innate feminine essence, become supremely magnetic to the masculine, and attracts a divine partnership with their king. She lives in the high deserts of Southern California with her husband and Siberian Husky. Hey, Claudia. (laughs) Hi, Lacey. Hi, Tilly. I I never know what to call you these days. Is Tilly better? Tilly, yes, yes. Okay, Tilly. (laughs) Yeah, beautiful. And for those of y'all that are still curious about the name thing because Facebook won't let me change my name. That's the only reason why some of people still only know me as Lacey because I literally Mm -hmm. can't change it. Like every time I try, they're like, you can't change your name. (sighs) Anyway, long story short, (laughs) it's Tilly. But yes, um, yeah, just reading your bio turns me on. (laughs) I totally got turned on by you reading my bio. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) <laughs> well, I uh, I'm I'm bringing Claudia on today because she has such a beautiful uh, perspective around the topic of polarity mm-hmm. and how women, mainly seeking uh, men and the masculine in relationship, and how this really is so important topic of polarity in a world that mm, polarity is starting to get lost a little bit and relationships and the whole idea of gender neutrality, which we're going to discuss and talk about in length. So I'm just super curious to hear your first thoughts, anything you want to start with Claudia on this conversation, and we'll just keep the topic rolling. Yeah, of course. So a little bit of caveat of caveat here is that I do work from a very like heteronormative context. I, you know, that's the frame with which I work um, with my clients primarily. So I do work um, kind of shamelessly in, in, and there's a reason why I said shamelessly, but I work in, in the framework of masculine and feminine. And, and when I speak about women, I'm talking about feminine energy. When I speak about feminine energy, I'm primarily talking about women, same with men and masculine energy. That's not to say that you, if you don't identify as feminine, if you don't identify as a woman, um, or you identify as something kind of on the spectrum of, of, you know, uh, somewhere in between there, that there won't be something of value in this conversation for you. There, there is, I think these, these principles are universal. They're not just, um, something we made up. They're not just a social construct. They are like embedded into the fabric of everything. Um, and so this is, yeah, again, this isn't meant to be like deliberately exclusionary. Um, but it's also, I, I'm just, this is how I frame, uh, the work that I do. Um, so that's just a little, the caveat there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love that we brought this to the table to work with Lacey. I'm, I love that we, we are able to talk about this here because just even talking about gender has become one of like the, the hot buttons for people today. It's like just even talking about gender, talking about gender as anything that is actually fixed. It's not just a social construct. It's not just something you can kind of change at will, at least in my uh, lens, sort of my cosmology. It's not something you can just sort of like be like, okay, today I feel like being a man. Today I feel like being a woman. And it's it's actually something that is cor- like corresponds with our like energy, with our energy as whether you're a woman or you're a man. And it's also something that is, um, so it correlates with that. And it also correlates with our biology. So our hormonal makeup and, you know, our, our various, you know, our, our sex hormones, like our, there is a distinction there between male hormones and female hormones. So 
the the reason why I'm excited to talk about this, um, even though it may be, you know, uh, uh, one of those hot button issues right now, is that is that when we talk about gender, when we talk about masculine and feminine, when we talk about men and women, and we talk about how those energies come together, how they relate to one another in partnership, in polarity, or how we relate to ourselves as feminine, or how we relate to men as masculine, it really, really shifts. It really, really um, shifts the, the direction of our relationships and allows us to come, like be in partnership that allows us to thrive at the highest level. That's my experience. That is, you know, my observation in many of the women that I work with. And just like the fact that we can't even talk about that, like it's such a, it's one of those things that's so triggering. It's, it brings up everybody's stuff. It is one of those things that I believe we need to talk about because it's, it's one of those things that really facilitates us being able to uh, create relationships that are, that are most in alignment with, with us as women and us as men. And there's, because there's so much confusion around the existence of gender. Oh, gender is just a social construct. Gender is something you just, um, it doesn't really matter. There's no real difference between men and women. Um, because that conversation is like the dominant sort of woke narrative that's taking place right now. It's like, we can't even get beyond that and talk about polarity and the importance of polarity and like why polarity is valuable. That's why I'm excited to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did a Facebook post and it went freaking apeshit crazy <laughs> I because I, I literally brought up like what are your thoughts on polarity in a world that's you know where gender is not so much a thing anymore and people went crazy that's when I knew that okay wow we really have a lot to talk about here because there's yeah. so much misunderstanding that polarity and gender are not the same thing. First of all, mm -hmm. <laughs> that polarity is an energy that you work with and that polarity is important even within same sex couples or, you know, whatever, but it's not just between polarity is, a, is not only important for people who are female and identify as feminine or people who are male and identify as masculine. It's important in any relationship, no matter, no matter what form it might take. Yeah. And this is the ultimate misunderstanding that like people were not getting on the post. And I was just sick of, you know, responding the same thing over and over again. And people just being completely like, what, you know? So mm -hmm. anyway, um, and then you mentioned this book by Deborah. So is that how you yes. Okay. So, yeah. Please enlighten us. Please tell us all about the non um, the non popular <laughs> narrative going on right now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. I read this book like um, a couple of months ago when I was really going into. The, I was I was waking up from a lot of this sort of woke ideology that I had been really like indoctrinated with, or I had allowed myself to really get kind of plugged into over the last few years, especially. And um, there was something that had always felt off to me about it. Like, you know, one of one of my teachers, you know, this person um, said that, you know, gen <laughs> polarity doesn't really matter. Gender like men and women are basically the same. Um, and something really felt very off to me about that. But I couldn't quite put words to it. I didn't really have like the um, the the science to back it up. I didn't really have like but in my like the felt sense in my body was like, no, that feels really feels really off. Um, and so I went on this, I, you know, I've been on this journey over the last just couple of months around like really waking up out of this, this, this uh, consciousness that is really, and we can talk about this as well, because this is a whole nother <laughs> mm -hmm. topic. Um, but like the, this consciousness right now that is very active, it is very um, alive on this, on this planet right now, especially kind of in, in certain circles, um, you know, highly educated like woke, if for lack of a better word, sort of, you know, hyper-politically correct, liberal-minded people. Um, the way of seeing the world that is so inclusive to a point that it actually neutralizes everything. So it's like, everybody is the same. Men and women are the same. 
you know, we are the same, like, I, I believe we're the same in value, but I believe that we serve different functions. We have different forms. And that's obvious to me. Like, it doesn't take a scientist to like, look at men. There's like a difference between like men and women. Like yeah. it really doesn't. And yet <laughs> part of me like thought that like, I wasn't even able to think that I wasn't even allowed to talk about that. And so the last couple months, it's been this journey of like waking up out of that sort of woke ideology that had really been um, deeply kind of entrenched in me. Uh, and then, yeah, re so reading this book, The End of Gender, definitely was like a huge aha moment for me on just how much this uh, this idea, the ideas about gender that are pervasive right now in the culture are largely, they are not actually based, a lot of them are not based in science. A lot of them are based just on like activism. So like science that has been heavily censored or just influenced by the presence of activists and the influence of activists. From, from this desire for everything to be inclusive, everything to be sort of neutral, everything to not be triggering or not to like exclude anyone for the, you know, the people who don't identify as men or don't identify as women, it's like actually just canceled the whole idea of men and women altogether. And I realized I had taken on some of that ideology and it had really like caused a lot of confusion in my own life. It had caused a lot of sort of strife in my relationship. And I saw it, I saw the same programming playing out in the lives of my clients. So this book was part of that awakening for me. It was like, oh, actually um, this woman, Deborah So, she is, she is a sexologist. Um, she, uh, she has a PhD in, I believe in sexology. I'd have to look again, but she, yeah. So she was a uh, researcher at some Canadian institution, university. And she, she started talking about this. She started doing this research. She was always on the left. She was always, you know, she, she was sort of looking for a way to like understand gender, understand sex, understand men and women, um, understand masculine and feminine from a very scientific, non-biased perspective. And she actually came in there from a very sort of, I guess, also sort of woke perspective of like men and women are probably the same. We probably don't have a lot of differences biologically. And, and yet her research like completely disproved every, like her hypothesis going into her work. And so she was, she had, she had a similar awakening where she was like, oh my God, like all of these things that you're not allowed to say, all of these things that you're not allowed to think. She just started saying them and thinking them. And eventually she resigned from her position because she like wasn't going to be able to carry on being a yeah, a researcher at that institution because of what she was saying. But yeah, I mean, her book is, it's all about the biological differences between men and women and like the hormonal differences, the brain differences, the differences in brain structure, how this is not just something that is sort of, we, we I mean, she, she breaks it down. It's, it's very nuanced book for anyone who wants to go into this in a really in-depth way. It's called The End of Gender. It's it's uh, just meticulously researched. It's it's actually um, very nuanced. But her whole premise is that this gender is it's not just some sort of made up thing. It's not just some sort of you know societally constructed thing where like doesn't really matter. You can just throw it out. It actually is. Um, it is based in biology. It is based on like in like real biological phenomena that are taking place in our bodies, in our brains. Yeah, I read it after you pointed me to, oh, you to read it. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was very enlightening and it is very based in science. So, you know, for those people that, oh, well, you don't understand science. Well, she's a scientist and wrote the book. And so am I. I'm a scientist. I didn't write the book. So I do understand science. Um, I'm so, glad yeah. you read it. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, other than, you know, this, what you're saying and what Deborah is saying. Other than it being like a very, very triggering thing to say, no, actually, um, gender is not a social construct, uh, which she talks about extensively in the book and gives very legit sciences to say that that's not the case. Um, like what, how are you seeing the women that you work with? So Claudia's a love coach, right? So how mm -hmm. are you the, this kind of, washed outness right women don't need to be so in their feminine they need to be more masculine or like what is it that you're really seeing that's affecting our ability to form healthy polarized relationships in the first place yeah i mean you know it's it's there's so many different factors um but i would say 
for the majority of my clients, and this was definitely the case for me, is that I grew up, I grew up in a very kind of like, I, I grew up in San Francisco. I grew up in a very progressive environment. I grew up my, you know, my family were very, very much on the left. And this whole idea of gender was pretty much something that was non-existent in my family. It was like, everything was neutral. Everything was, there wasn't a concept of like roles or, you know, male and female or like masculine and feminine and like woman and man, wife and husband. Um, and it was sort of this murky grayness um, in, in, in relation to, to gender, it just never was never really spoken of. Uh, so that's where I was coming from. That's where I came from. And I know a lot of people came from the opposite, where they were like heavily conditioned to like, you need to be this, like, this is what a woman looks like. This is what a man looks like. So I, I actually, my my background is that like, I was sort of conditioned to think that like, it, was, it didn't really exist. Um, it wasn't really a thing. Various teachers I've had throughout my life have confirmed that personally in my relationships, and this is something I've seen a lot. Well, actually, let me back up a second. There's there's another factor that was really highly that made a huge difference for me is here, well as well. So my mother in particular, she was like a very, very strong woman. She's still alive, yes. So she's a very strong woman. She's she identifies strongly with being a feminist. She's she identifies strongly with being you know the strong independent woman archetype. You should never need a man. And so, although she didn't really translate that in her life as being hyper masculine or being hyper like. I got to be super successful. I got to be super alpha. I got to like achieve and like just kind of ignore my love life. She didn't really go that extreme, but she was always pushing this thing on me about like men and women are the same. Um, and, and women, you know, we need to be more conscious of allowing spaces where women can get ahead in, in their career specifically. And while I know she was well-intentioned, I know that, you know, she's coming from a very good place and she's sort of reacting against, or maybe she's, she's moving out of the paradigm that she was raised and uh, raised on, born into and raised on, where like you have, you know, men are men and women are women. She, at the same time, I noticed it really affected me in my relationships because I, well, first of all, I, I had, I've had hormonal issues for, for most of my adult life. So I had fibroids when I was in my twenties and early thirties. Um, I've had various, you know, really, really heavy periods. And I think a lot of that came from being in this kind of masculine push energy that many, many women are in today. I was very, very much in that for most of my life. I didn't know how to surrender. I didn't know how to soften. I didn't know how to like relax. I didn't know how to allow. I didn't know how to receive. And so I was overcompensating for that by being in this sort of chronic state of push which put my body in a stress response. It, it threw my hormones completely out of balance and affected my health in pretty extreme ways. In terms of my relationships, I never could find until my relationship with Johnny, and this is really only solidified in the last couple of years, is like I was not able to be ever like attracted to men that I was in relationship with. Because I would sort of default into that either neutral place, that neutral position, or that like more dominant alpha masculine role. And so that for me, that's sort of my story. And a lot of my clients mirror that story in, in one way or another. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was raised the complete opposite. <laughs> <laughs> You're raised yeah. in the disaster. <laughs> the complete opposite issue. I just think it's fascinating that like two people can get completely different messages and then do their own healing work and come upon the same, you know, the same perspective and the same, you know, ideology. So it's yeah. kind of fascinating to me, but yeah, I got raised mm -hmm. in Southern Baptist and, you know, oh, men's roles were very distinct and women's roles were mm -hmm. very distinct. My mom was actually like, um, very progressive for um, being someone who held a, she's a full-time teacher. She's like a third grade teacher. Right. And she held a job for 27 years and actually had a job, you know, which is kind of mm -hmm. different than a lot of my peers growing up where their moms were literally stay at home moms. And that was their whole life still was to take mm -hmm. care of. Them. Um, so those roles were very defined and it was, 
very damaging for me as a young adult and having two mm-hmm. relationships because I always felt and assumed that I should be taken care of financially, that mm-hmm. a man should take care of me and nothing to say that, you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting that either. But like, mm-hmm. I just had that assumption that I should be taken care of. I should be mm-hmm. able to sit back and do whatever the heck I wanted whenever I wanted and men were going to take care of me. And it was really like uh, the demise of my second relationship, right? Is that I Mm -hmm. had to get out of that patterning and conditioning and Mm -hmm. like really find my own empowerment and place in that. And then to be able to attract a relationship from a place of more like, yeah, okay, no, I can run a business and do my thing. I don't have to like make my, like someone else responsible for my whole well-being, Mm -hmm. right? So yeah, it's so interesting how, you know, the two different sides can play out. But yeah, tell me more about what you're seeing with the women in the more masculine role and how that how they're not like able to attract their king, mm-hmm. their partner because they're in this. Because that's yeah. probably the women listening in right now. Yeah, it's it's interesting too what you said. So I think a lot of a lot of the women that I work with have come from a well yeah so they they either come from a background that's similar to mine or they come from a background that's similar to yours in and I think we all have this kind of cultural memory of like perhaps being you know subservient to men in a past life or or it's it's just this sort of it's this energy that lives in the culture of like you know patriarchy and and um a lot of negativity, negative conditioning that we receive from that. And so um, it's interesting. Yeah, a lot of my clients come from, they come from a variety of different backgrounds. Either they have negative patriarchal conditioning or they have negative, uh, let's call it feminist programming as as I had more of. And so, or, or a combination of those two. So the way that I see this and the way that I see that most of the women who work with me have been on a similar journey to you. In the sense that, like, they were in a relationship at some point, maybe they were married, maybe they were with someone for a long time, and they felt like they lost themselves. And so there was there was an experience of, you know, either betrayal or rejection or abandonment or something that happened that caused them to, like, wake up out of that and be like, okay, I I need to find myself. I need to come back home to myself. I need to you know, find the wholeness within and not feel dependent in it, like, or codependent with like upon somebody else. And so that, that's the story of a lot of the women that I work with. And so they, they have detached from that type of relationship, from that, that dynamic of codependency. And they have really, they've, they've done some work to find themselves, to come back home to themselves, to really find their independent uh, selves their sovereign selves once again and there's a whole new like layer of issue that gets created from that in my experience is that like that that initial step absolutely unhooking from like the the toxic codependent type of dynamic is a first step and becoming sovereign whole into yourself is like the next step but what I see with a lot of women is they get stuck in that second step yes oh (laughs) Yes. Oh, yes. To those. I, They're like, I don't need a man. Like, I just just an independent woman. And um, I don't need a man. I'm good on my own. Maybe I desire a man. Maybe it would be nice to have one. Maybe he would be a nice cherry on top of an already full life. But again, that is, it's not actually the consciousness that you want to be in that will magnetize that will draw in your king. So oh, do we love it? <laughs> Yeah, so it's really tricky. Um, It's a very nuanced discussion. And that's why, you know, I'm glad we're having it because not I'm not telling women that they need to be dependent on a man or that they that they have to have a partnership or they should be with a man or whatever, in order to be okay. That's not what I'm saying. But there is an aspect of us and this relates to like the feminine aspect of our being that does need other people that is fundamentally like relational. And actually functions better, thrives better in a like a, a partnership with a man. Yeah. And so when we reject that part of ourselves, 
because we're trying to break out of codependency or we think that part of ourselves is toxic or we think that part of ourselves is bad or wrong for wanting or needing a man. It's like, we'll push that part of ourselves away. We will move into this state, which is another form. It's a trauma response of like hyper-independence. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get addicted to achieving. We'll get addicted, you know, adrenaline addiction, all of these things, again, that throws our hormones out of balance. It, It kicks us out of our feminine essence. It kicks us out of that space of ease, puts us in a stress response and actually does not allow us to be magnetic to what we want. Yeah. And so the whole, it's like, there's a whole layer of trauma that needs to be unwound or a whole layer of like pain body that, that has to be begun to be unwound from this space of that hyper independence and like actually can reconnect with a part of you from your sovereignty, from your choice, not because you uh, should or have to, but because you choose to that a part of you that, that actually longs for union, a part of you that longs for connection with the masculine, the part of you that longs for your beloved, the part of you that longs to be the queen to your king. Yeah. And so that's the whole, like, that's the whole basic, the basis of my work is like helping women reconnect with that part of themselves who does on some level need a man or does on several level long for that unification. I just remember you made this post once that I adored and I was like, oh, <laughs> she's on to it. Yes. But you had made a comment that like such a radical desire these days to want to be married, be a wife, and like maybe even be a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> like <laughs> when you said that, I was like, oh my God, yeah. Because if yeah. a woman is like, conscious in her choosing of that like look how much you know like the current narrative is like oh don't you don't want that do you really want that like that's not you know there's you so much just it's like you only, oh I don't want to only be a stay-at-home mom. there's like this holding thing of like only that right only be a wife only be a stay-at-home mom yeah as if it's like diminishing it somehow yes and so when you made that that post is like yeah what if that's what if someone like has consciously done their work and and gone through healing and and done erased codependent patterns and that's the truth they land upon is mm-hmm. exactly what they want. <laughs> yeah, it's radical these days, right? It's radical. I know it's it's crazy. Um, it, it's it's so funny when you know when I post things like that. It's the <laughs> the amount of negative um, feedback I receive. I mean, I received lots of positive feedback as well, but the amount of negative feedback I receive is really um, there's a really strong kind of reactionary stance that people take. That like, how could a woman want that, or how could a woman choose that, or how like you're trying to you're trying to fit me into a box. You're trying to make me do something that you're trying to like make me go back to the 1950s or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm trying to empower you to have the choice to be that if that's what you choose to be or be that on some, in, in some level or some version of that. Um, so yeah. And there's of course varying degrees. Um, but yeah, the, the thing that people get hung up on is that I believe is that because this was like the role that women in the past were in some places still in throughout the world, women were just expected or forced into, or like, they didn't really have a choice. It was like, that's what you were did. You were, you know, you're a wife, you're a mother. That's your, that's your lot in life. That's your, your, you know, your Dharma. Um, Because I think so many of us have that sort of cultural memory or like cellular memory of, of having gone through that, um, whether it's, you know, in our DNA, or if it's a past life thing, it doesn't really matter. But it's, it's one of those things that we're so like, there, there's such a strong kind of aversion to that because I believe that so many of us never like, or, you know, women in the past um, didn't have that choice. And so it wasn't a thing that you chose. It was something that you were just like expected to be. And, and I think some of us have to go on this journey of sort of going out and discovering ourselves and finding, you know, learning all these things about ourselves and being like, okay, like, Maybe I don't want to be a high powered, like career woman. Maybe that's actually really fucking stressful. Maybe I do. I don't know. Or maybe I want to be that. And then I want to be a little bit of this as well, or I want to be this and a lot of that. So bringing it back to sovereignty, bringing it back to choice is what I really want to always steer the conversation towards. Cause I'm, I don't ever want to force anyone to do anything. And 
I, I don't choose to, to inhabit my feminine energy with my partner because I have to, or because he's making me, or because I'm, I have to be submissive or whatever, um, because it's just some thing that I'm supposed to do. No, it's like, it feels amazing. Yeah. It feel it's pleasurable. It's, it's joyful. It's, it feels amazing. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, that's, that's really, it, it's always coming, going back to choice. Yeah. This is actually a choice based on my own truth of my desires and what I want. Right. Which is totally different. Yeah. From feeling like, Oh, this is the only option I have for my disempowered self that doesn't know any better. Right. Yeah. Completely different energy. Um, okay. Well, what happens when we don't embrace polarity in our partnerships? Um, yeah. So great, great question. Um, there may be models that work that are not polarity based that um, allow for partnerships that work, that thrive. I personally have not found them yet. And, and I have done a lot of searching and exploration around this. And it's not like I um, am new to this. So just talk a little bit about what hasn't worked for me is having everything be democratic, you know, everything being this sort of gray area where I'm not really in my feminine, he's not really in his masculine. We're sort of both inhabiting both poles or neither pole. It's the sort of gender, either neutral space or like non-binary space or this kind of switching roles. Yeah, it's it's just confusing. It's confusing energetically. You don't know how, when you're doing that, you don't know how to relate to your partner. In my experience, mm-hmm. there is this lack. It's like you don't have a sense of your place. It's like, oh, there there isn't a sense of like, this is my home. This is what I do. This is how I show up. This is like, these are my roles. This is what I do. And it is like, when you don't have that, it's, it's just a hot mess in my experience. <laughs> hmm. It creates competition between the two parties, especially if both are trying to lean towards more the alpha masculine role, because that's traditionally what's been more valued. And so what happens is we'll both either like women will, will try and go, will ma- migrate to our masculine side, that more alpha aspect of who we are and if we're with a partner who is also that he's also masculine he's he has that strong like alpha side to him as well then it creates a competition between like alpha to alpha so it's like johnny and i encounter this a lot because we're both very strong people strong-willed people so um it's like two alphas it's like two rams butting up heads and there's no harmony there's, there's friction, but there's no harmony Mm. because with polarity comes harmony. So, um, that's one thing that can happen or what can also happen is that if you are in your masculine, if you're in your masculine side, if you're in that sort of, um, dominant alpha energy within the context of your partnership, your partner will, will sink into the beta because there's, there is a, um, a vacuum that needs to be filled. So what happens is if we go into alpha, our partner will go into beta and then we'll be like, why isn't he stepping up? Why isn't he being a real man? Why isn't he doing these things? And, and, and then we'll come, we'll like get resentful. We'll get bitter. We'll, you know, wonder if this is the right person for me. And, um, and you know, we'll be attracted to like super alpha men, like Jason Moma or something like that. (laughs) But it's like men who are like unattainable. It's like we're, and I see that with, with a lot of women, women who have that really strong alpha side um, and don't know how to, and it's okay if you have that, but you also want to learn how to like turn that off, unwind that in the presence of your partner. Mm-hmm. So women who have that and don't know how to switch out of that, um, when they are with a man, they, well, the types of men that they are attracted to are like often, um, often fall on this is something I never talked about before but something I've noticed and read a little bit about as well it's like that type of woman she's attracted to like the unattainable man she's attracted to the man who like she can never get she's attracted to like a man who is so alpha that he's not he's like not even human it's like and and that's why that type of woman will often attract narcissists she'll often be attracted to men who are super charming charismatic powerful boss ceo type men uh powerful leaders but there isn't the like capacity to actually be in a type of, like be in a relationship with that type of person. 
Mm. And, and this is, this is why I don't, this is sort of my theory is that why that type of woman will often get into that type of relationship. And then she will actually experience a lot of suffering with that type of man. Cause it's like, he has to be so alpha. He has to be like mega alpha because she's already so alpha that the only man that she can experience that polarity with is like so far on the scale, like so far on the scale of like masculine. I don't know if that made sense. I just, it's like the first time I've ever really expressed that, but it's something I've noticed. It makes sense to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking of my two and a half years of dating <laughs> before I met Chris. And yeah, there was definitely times where I was doing that because I was doing the single mom thing, building yeah. a business and figuring out how to survive without any support or backup plan whatsoever. <laughs> Right. So it, no wonder nothing worked out for a while until I started to learn to thrive on my own. Right. When I started to thrive in my business and I got to this point where I was like, oh my God, I'm actually okay. Like mm-hmm. I had this traumatic divorce and like I, my, my hair didn't grow for two years. Like, mm-hmm. Like I did not have any new hair growth for two years. It was so bad. Like I look right now and my hair did not start growing again until January of 2020. And I can tell because I started like every time I go run, I see little fuzzies on my hair and be like, oh my God, I have new hair growing. And it was, Mm -hmm. I swear to God, it was because I had finally gotten into like a more regulated state, right? Mm -hmm. Language. I was regulated. And right. I was starting to step out of survival mode and actually able to thrive in my personal life, which, you know, just that alone allowed me to step into more of my feminine and like, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, you know, I wasn't trying to go out there and find a man, right? It wasn't like this mm-hmm. huge conquest. It was just like, no, I'm open to it. I freaking want it and I want to manifest mm-hmm. it, right? So mm-hmm. I can hold the desire, but then also like relax into and trust like learn to trust myself that that was inevitable and I knew it was yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's I love that I mean it's interesting the the conversation of like the inner masculine it's really fascinating to me because I think sometimes we need to go through that process of like becoming whole into ourselves we need to um, reunify with our own inner masculine, the part of us who can take care of us, the part of us who can, we can provide for ourselves. We don't have to be dependent on someone else. And I think sometimes also that can that can put us in a, a, a little bit of a stress response or just this chronic stress response from like, I have to do it all on my own. I don't have any support. I don't have any help. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a single mom or I, you know, I, I have all these things to do. And it can be, it's like, I always say that stress is like the biggest antagonist to our feminine. Because the part of us who is expansive, the part of us who just like longs to just be like sit around and bliss out and in pleasure and just let things come to us. And like that part of us actually very best in partnership because it's like, because we don't have to be, when we have a partner, we don't have to be stressed out all the time. We have the, when we have the right partner, I would say that I'm really coming around to starting, uh, I'm starting to believe that like like the feminine really is she she functions better she thrives in partnership versus on her own we thrive when we have a masculine man or we have a man we have our counterpart that allows us to be feminine that allows us to inhabit that role that allows us to not have to do everything on our own that allows us to rest and relax and be you know taken care of or be um supported And so we actually have space for us to play, for us to create, for us to love and, you know, do the things that we want to do. So it's more of like a pleasure based life. That's not, of course, there are responsibilities, but it's not just about proving to the world what we can do or proving our sense of worthiness by acting like a man or making a lot of money or again, not to say you shouldn't do all those things, but, um, uh, in my experience, it's, it's a lot easier to do that when you have the right partner by your side. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And I think that would go for anyone that, you know, even if you are lesbian, bisexual, whatever, like that, having that polarity is what I'm talking about here, right? Like you need that polarity. I mean, Mm -hmm. someone even called me transphobic 
<laughs> because I said you need polarity. <laughs> it's like, okay, y'all are not getting the point here. The point is that you need that polarity of masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. I don't care what kind of genitals you got. You need the polarity to make it work for exactly the reason that you just said. If mm-hmm. you identify and tend towards the feminine, you need that space of being able to tap into pleasure, of being able to relax a little bit, of knowing like you don't have to freaking do it all. Like someone's yeah. back, right? So yeah. So I think it's important that that polarity is there regardless of what you tend towards or what sort of relationship structure you want to create for yourself. <laughs> But yeah, I'm curious, would you say that that like the lack of polarity could be the cause of a lot of relationships, like not working out in the long run? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And it's like, this is the problem with not being able to talk about these things, because they're actually they have like real consequences in real life. So not being able to talk about gender or not being able to talk about gender differences or talking about masculine and feminine energy is like when you don't understand these things and how to work with them and how to relate to them in a dynamic way that allows that like facilitates the, you know, your capacity to have a thriving partnership that it has real consequences. Um, I know for me, it did for many, many years. I think I probably attracted the wrong types of people to begin with. I, um, I didn't know how to sustain the relationship. I didn't know how to not emasculate the men I was with. I didn't know how to relax and surrender and receive. So, you know, uh, like I said before, I didn't know how to um, sustain like erotic chemistry. So all of these things have real consequences in relationships. And if we can't talk about this, if we can't like have this out on the table, um, then, then it's like those problems don't get solved. They don't get really addressed. We can sort of sweep it under the rug and pretend it's something else. Um, but in my experience, that's, usually when when this issue gets resolved it's it's like an overnight shift that begins to take place hmm. so yeah. it's almost like we're giving some it's like we're we're giving some medicine to a problem that we don't even understand we're trying to get we're trying to diagnose and resolve a problem that we don't even know how to define yet because we're not allowed to talk about it or we're not supposed to like it's not a it's not a conversation that is quote unquote safe to have right yeah i'm very curious to see how many people are going to call me transphobic or homophobic now <laughs> yeah so- <laughs> only simply because we're talking about it i would not be surprised uh but i'm down for it I, you know because this matters to me more than being silent yeah this matters to me like talking about the actual consequences that lack of polarity in relationships I don't freaking care what you want to believe about the world and how you want to view it and frame it. But the point is, this is a problem. And until we can have conversations about it and talk about it without each other calling each other names and acting like freaking five-year-olds that are angry and upset, which I will not tolerate, then nothing's going to change. But you're right. And this is why it's so important that we do have these discussions. And, you know, I'm I'm down for any flack people want to give. Because it's more important (laughs) in the long run that we fix this and that we embrace polarity in relationships. So how can we begin to do that? What are some steps? So you told us before that we need to get out of that codependent state. And then you gave one other step. What would you like if you could define steps? What would that be? Yeah. So. Okay, so if you are in a codependent situation, if you are in a toxic relationship where you are being verbally abused, emotionally abused, um, put down in any way, this conversation isn't really for you in the sense that like polarity is a beautiful thing and it's a necessary thing to strive towards. But if you're in that type of dynamic, just get the hell out. Like that's the first thing you want to do is like, reclaim your sovereignty, come back home to yourself, heal your trauma. I know it's not just like easy overnight things to do these things, but get yourself into a place in your life where you don't, um, where you're not living in a chronic stress response. And then you can begin to apply some of these principles, because if you're, if you're full of trauma, if you have a lot of trauma, if you're just full of triggers, this stuff like won't even begin to make sense. It won't even begin to land because it's like, 
no, you just need to get out of that like survival state. I, I mean, I was in it a couple of years ago. So like, I totally get if anyone's in that space, that's the first step is to get yourself like regulated and begin to like unwind the layers of trauma that were perhaps putting you in that type of situation, that type of codependent uh, dynamic that's not serving you. From that said, like, don't w- do the work and then like come back home to yourself, really reclaim your sovereignty, but don't stop. That's like not the... <laughs> There's always like another level to get to, but then begin to go on this journey of like, if you desire this, or you feel like on a felt sense, like visceral level that this conversation for you is for you. And I believe it is for a lot of women or, you know, people who identify as, as feminine. It's like this, there is something universal here. There is something like that transcends the human experience that transcends just sort of the social um, society, uh, society's ways of, of looking at, at relationships. I believe there's some like universal in principles embedded in what I teach. I'm not just like making it up. There's universal, there's biological principles like that are in that are embedded in this work. And so you want to go on the journey of beginning to ask yourself, what does it feel like for me to embody my feminine essence. Like, so what does that feel like inside of my own body? Where do I feel that? So it's not a mental thing. It's not something you think about, but it's something that you experience inside of your own body. So for me, I experience it as like warmth and like openness and expansiveness in my heart. I experience it as like turn on in, in my genitals, in my womb, in my like pussy area. Um, and that beginning to tap into those places inside of you that contain your feminine essence that you have like your access points for that part of you will begin to allow you to tap into that like essential part of who you are and begin to move you in the direction of attracting a counterpart, a masculine counterpart who is embodied in his masculine essence. And the good news is, is that when you're in that feminine essence, that's, it does it for you. You don't have to like go out and chase a man. You don't have to like go out, you know, on hundreds of Tinder dates or whatever. Like my clients meet their man within like three to six months, like almost universally. So when, when you begin to tap into that essence within your own self, within your own body, and really like begin to experience the world from that place, that's the beginning step to attracting that polarized relationship. Of course, there's a lot more to that. And I would say, well, I would say that's, that's one piece. And then also re like rewiring, retemplatizing your relationship with masculine energy as well is it's like, that's the, the second part of that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. <laughs> and all steps I've recently gone through. So I will vouch for everything you just said, because I had to go there uh, to awesome. attract my man. But yeah, it was coming into that space of thriving and learn like everything got so good in my life really fast. <clears throat> like, mm-hmm. It just turned around so, so, so fast um, this time last year. Mm. And, and it's not like it was terrible the year before, but I was still, you know, in shock a little bit and yeah, yeah, just coming back into that place of being like, I, I, I worked with the somatic coach for like four or five months just on expanding my capacity to receive goodness in my life. Mm -hmm. Like that's Mm -hmm. it. I wasn't working on my trauma. I wasn't working on whatever other bullshit. It was just like, okay, now that I'm actually okay can I actually be okay with being okay? <laughs> and I had to like really work on receiving and I was actively working on receiving more and more and more and more when mm. I found my, my man. So mm. I came yeah. from that place of like, yeah, I can fully receive this now, you know? So yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And and feminine is like the feminine, like our feminine essence is that that part of us that knows how to receive effortlessly with ease, with pleasure, without struggle, without push. And so it sounds like you were, I don't know if you were calling it that, like I'm reclaiming my feminine essence or tapping into that part of myself, but you were like, I'm expanding my capacity to receive um, goodness in my life. That's like, that is that part of you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was on a man fast from like December to February of last year. And Mm -hmm. then in February I started dating again and I took 
until the beginning of June. So what, four or five months? Mm -hmm. So it's about the timeline you said, right? (laughs) Once you start working on it, it's about three to six months. Yep. That was, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It it works. And it's, it, it's, um, the thing about it that I love too, when you can kind of get over the, the trigger, if you have initial triggers around talking about gender popularity or whatever, um, the thing I love about it is that it's so simple. It's it's like a you can cut out a lot of the other stuff. Like you don't have to work on like manifestation so much. You don't have to work on like visualization. You don't have to do all this other stuff. You can, but the the polarity piece like does the work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely so true. Oh my god! And even if you're in a relationship and listening to this, if you yeah. had contention, strife you're experiencing that friction that Claudia was talking about. I still sometimes trip up on that and feel that too every now and Mm -hmm. then. But yeah, working with the polarity itself generally fixes that. And yeah, so simple. I love that. It's so simple. Yeah. We just have to get over our hangups. Yeah. And, and again, this does, it doesn't have to just be like, I am talking from a heteronormative perspective, like a cis perspective, um, but it doesn't have to be that way. There are ways to play with this and in the context of same-sex relationships with even the context of, you know, I've worked with women who are identify as uh, gender, not gender neutral, but um, gender non-binary. And it's like, you can you can do it in that context. Like when you're with the person, when you're with that partner, you still want to, you still want to have that polarity. So you want to choose, okay, who's going to be inhabiting more of the masculine energy, who's going to be inhabiting more of the feminine energy in this case. Um, And what I've found also with a lot of people who have a lot of like experience with sort of gender non-binary and gender bending and gender um, like neutrality a lot in their lives, often when they do this work, they're like, it's, again, I'm not trying to be uh, come off in any bigoted way here may come off that way. That's not my intention, but they often discover that like, there is a part of them that actually wants to be a woman. There's a part of them that like wants to be embodied in their feminine essence, like, and like be that part of them. And that other stuff, it was sort of a, it was a reaction against them. It was a sort of rebellion against the concept of gender, Yeah, but it wasn't actually like, again, rebellions not coming from a space of our sovereignty. Mm-hmm. So I know that's a different little doorway I just opened up there but (laughs) no I I am all for it because I've seen that in some of my clients for sure is that you Mm -hmm. sometimes it is just a conditioning that oh we can't be that way or we shouldn't be that way from that hyper feminine feminist thing right yeah or like there's just an aversion to it and it's like coming back to that original innate essence of okay let me discover maybe what I got taught about being feminine or being masculine isn't what is the truth about my own inner feminine and masculine. And it's finding that your own truth in that, which is sovereignty itself, right? Discovering that truth within you that um, can help you to better tap into your own divine masculine or feminine inside. Absolutely. And, and I've also worked with, with trans people. I'm just thinking about one client I had was like, who, whose journey was discovering that they were actually was like a, a man to woman um, trans person discovered that they actually were a woman in a male's body. And so that was a beautiful like thing, like discovering that like that person's essence was feminine, like their primary true essence, but they didn't even fully know that until like they did the work. And so that's um, another beautiful thing that can happen. So it's, it's um, yeah, again, this isn't meant to, isolate or alienate anyone or exclude anyone. Um, but they, these are principles that are not just made up. They're not just arbitrary. They're not just socially constructed. Like they are universal principles that I would say the majority of the time do correspond with our biological sex, but not always. That's sort of my stance on that. Right. And I think in, in the book, Deborah, so she said 99% of the time biology will orient towards the the gender that you, the gender that yeah. you have. Yeah. 99%. I'd say. Yeah. 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 And it's pretty high. So I don't think we should throw out the concept of gender just because it may confuse or it not fully resonate with 1% of people. Um, it, there's so much there that's, that's beautiful. That's useful. That, that serves us. 
not throwing out the baby with the bathwater and having these nuanced conversations to the best of our ability is like the only way I see to be able to navigate this kind of sticky, (laughs) (laughs) like, you know, uncomfortable terrain that we can get into sometimes. Yeah. Well, I super appreciate you going into this super uncomfortable terrain um, of having this conversation and putting it out there on my platform that, you know, tons of people are going to be listening to this. So yeah, my pleasure. um, Yeah. I'm, I'm very happy we could have this conversation. I hope that you all are inspired by it too. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, Please reach out, email me at Lacey at the multiorgasmicmama.com. Once again, because that's old website, (laughs) the new website, we don't have a a, a specific, a specific email set up on the new website yet. So you have to use the old. Um, Okay, Claudia, tell us where we can find you at. And if you have any freebies that you want to offer. Yeah, so the best way to find me is on my Facebook group. So the URL for that is facebook.com slash groups uh, slash magnetize your man. That's facebook.com slash groups slash magnetize your man. Um, you can also find me at my website, which is in a bit of an overhaul right now, but it's claudialucida.com. Should be back up in the next week or so. Um, and yeah, that's how to find me. Beautiful. Okay. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Lacey. This was really fun. I'm so glad we got to talk about these hot button issues today and uh, really excited to see how people respond to it. Beautiful. Okay. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) Bye.